0: Amen, really great to be with you here uh, this morning, Calvary, great weekend with uh, young adults and um, want to dive right into to some scripture, Psalm 19 verse 13 says these words, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, the message says stupid sins, let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless and innocent ...of great transgression. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I will be innocent of great transgression. How many of us have made assumptions before? How many of us have made presumptions before? I have. I once... uh, I can't even... I can't believe I... Yeah. I have done lots of things. I once asked a woman who was not pregnant when her baby was due... I, I have, I was in England and I drove on the wrong side of the road and it was only when the passenger said, could we please drive on the correct side of the road? That, that I was, you know, like, I, we do this all the time. I do this all the time. I'm embarrassed to tell you that this is true though. And, and you do this too. The good news is I'm not the only one. I'm just the one with the microphone this morning. Here's what presumption, here's what it means to presume, to suppose That something is the case on the basis of probability. To take for granted that something exists or is the case. To be audacious enough to do something. To have the temerity, audacity. To take a liberty. To make unjustified demands. To take liberties. To unjustifiably regard something as an entitlement or a privilege. The psalmist is saying, God, keep me back from these kinds of sins. There are categories of, there are different kinds of sins. Um, Nobody robbed a bank with a gun by accident. Um, There are different kinds of sins. And one kind of sin is where we make assumptions or presumptions. We presume things. And the psalmist is saying, keep me back from from that, I remember one time, uh, I, one of our kids was young. I don't remember which one it was, and they were about to run out into the street. And I could see a car coming, and I grabbed their arm and they, they, I, I pulled them back. And they said, "Dad, you're hurting my arm." And the truth was, I was saving their life. But all they could see is that I was hurting their arm. That's what this psalmist is saying when he says. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. You know, God is willing and able to send things into our lives that will keep us out of trouble. And all we can see is the inconvenience or the pain of that situation without seeing the bigger picture. And then he says, Then I will be innocent of great transgression. Most of the things I apologize for, I didn't think about before I committed the sin. And, and this, this psalmist is saying, if I would stop making assumptions, I would, I could save myself so, and other people so much pain, so much trouble. Oh God, please help me not to do that. So we're going to look at a story today um, that is an example of somebody who made a grave mistake, a grave assumption, a grave presumption. And um, if you have a phone with you, turn uh, scroll to Second Kings twenty three twenty eight. If you have uh, one of those inventions from previous centuries, um, if you were born in the 1900s, um, or maybe actually, uh, you, you, like my kids like paper books. Weirdest thing, I'm a Kindle guy. Any other Kindle people here who likes digital books? Man, I, lo- I have like hundreds of books on my phone, and you know, the kids, they, they like paper books. Um, anyway, let's look at the Bible. 2 Kings 23. 2 Kings 23. And I, we're going to go over to Chronicles in a moment too. So, 2 Kings 23, verse 28. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In his days, Josiah's days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates. King Josiah went to meet him, and Pharaoh Necho killed him at Megiddo as soon as he saw him. The end. What? We get more detail in the parallel story recorded for us in 2 Chronicles, another what Christians call Old Testament book. 2 Chronicles 35. I'll read you the story that fleshes out the details a bit more. I'm going to give you some context. Josiah was a great king. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so after all this, after all the good things Josiah when he had prepared the temple, 2 Chronicles 35, verse 20, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates, and Josiah, the guy we're particularly interested in this morning, went out to meet him. But he sent envoys to him, saying, What have we to do with each other, king of Judah? So so the, the pharaoh sends guys out to Josiah's guys, I'm not coming against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. Now that house was the Assyrians. And God has commanded me to hurry, cease opposing God who is with me lest he destroy you. Curious sidebar that the Pharaoh says God has told me to do this and uh, says, says that with quite a lot of confidence. Very interesting. Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him. But disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Nico from the mouth of God. But came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. And the archers shot King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, take me away for I am badly wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot. And carried him to his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem. And he died and was buried in the tombs of his fathers. All Judah and Jerusalem Mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah, and all the singing men and singing women have spoken of Josiah in their laments to this day. They made these a rule in Israel, and they're written in the laments. Now, the rest of the acts of Josiah, all his good deeds, according to what is written in the law of the Lord, and his acts, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of kings of Israel and Judah, and we still have that book, and you can read about them today. This is an astounding story for me, because Josiah was a child king. He ascended the throne by hereditary uh, rights at the age of eight. He was incompetent, incapable, innocent, and unaware of what he had to do. And so his dynasty was controlled by By various advisors and people who would tell him, this is what you should do. This is how you rule a nation, eight year old Josiah. And that's how it was done. For quite a few years, we read that when he was 16 years old in his eighth, the year, the eighth year of his reign, he started to seek God. These advisors presumably didn't just tell him about foreign policy and other kinds of things that needed to have decisions made. These advisors steered him towards Yahweh, steered him towards God. And in his teenage years, there was something there. There was a fire kindle. There were good things happening. A little bit later we read in the 18th year, when he was 26 years old, he had some kind of personal renewal that prompted him and provoked him to restore temple worship. It had fallen into disrepair. The temple was no longer used. It was full of junk and it had become like the storage room for, for the government of Israel. And Josiah pulled it all together and said, we have got to clean up this temple. They emptied out the storage rooms and took all the garbage and threw it away. They cleaned up the temple. They restored the Passover festival. Wrong date, but never mind. His heart was right. He began to restore the priesthood. He began to get things up and running again. Good things were happening. Whoever thought this could happen in Israel and who was doing it? This young guy, this King Josiah, a young man on fire for God, calling israel to repentance he saw that there was idol worship and they weren't just bowing before idols these rituals and rites were full of sexual perversities that took advantage of children and women and men and it was it was a horrendous thing and josiah said we have got to put a stop to this and he did that as king in israel he called people back to God, back to faith, back to their their religion which defined who they were, back to Yahweh, back to the festivals, back to the temple, and so many good things were happening. And then we pick up the story here when he's 39 years old, and there is a pharaoh who is on his way to fight the king of Assyria. Now, This pharaoh wanted nothing to do with Josiah. He doesn't care about Josiah. He's not interested in Josiah. He's going to fight the Assyrians. The Assyrians are a looming superpower. And uh, that's the story of Jonah and Nineveh. The, The Assyrians were terrible people. Tim Keller refers to them as a kind of terrorist state. The Assyrians would walk into a town, round up all the young people, and then burn them alive and force their parents to watch. That's the Assyrians. And Pharaoh knows if he doesn't, if he doesn't chip away at the Assyrian stronghold, it's gonna come after Egypt. And so Pharaoh is on his way to Assyria to fight, and Josiah cannot stop himself and goes to the border and says, what are you doing here, Pharaoh? And Pharaoh says, I don't care about you. I'm going to fight these other guys. And Josiah is unable to stand down and ends up picking a fight with the Pharaoh. Number one lesson this morning. You do not need to engage every enemy that crosses your horizon. You do not need to pick a fight with every situation that you're not sure about. Learn when to stay home and keep your chariot in the garage. (laughs) Parents, you do not need to pick on your teenagers for every infraction. Spouses, if you start a fight over every problem you think you might see, you will destroy your marriage. And Josiah didn't know when to not do things. And so he charged into this fight, this war that wasn't even his. They weren't caring about him. And he does this very strange thing. He, he dressed up. It says he wore a disguise. And he got in a chariot. And suddenly jo- King Josiah is on the front lines of a battle. That he didn't need to get into. I hope the church in Canada knows when not to pick a fight. And Josiah is disguised and there's arrows flying everywhere and one of them hits him. I want to give you three things he forgot. Number one, Josiah forgot his identity. This is the king of Israel. He has been ruling for well over 30 years. He has been established. He has done great things. And here he is. In a chariot wearing a disguise. Josiah, what are you doing? What is this foolishness? You are the king. Behave like a king. Remember your calling. Remember the, 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 what people have told you since you were young. Remember all the good things that have happened. Remember your legacy. Remember the temple. Remember how it used to be. Remember the good things you have done. Why are you disguising yourself and picking a fight with the pharaoh? And friends, there are times where we forget who we are called to be and do things we should not do. God calls us husbands to love our wives as Christ loved the church humbly, sacrificially, willingly. God calls us dads to live up to our calling as fathers with kindness, gentleness, and understanding. God calls us Christians to to be salt and light in this world. God calls us to have our language a certain way, our demeanor a certain way, men how we treat women a certain way, and all of us how we treat each other a certain way. Do not put on a disguise and head into a war that is not yours to fight. It can have lethal, deadly consequences. May God help us. Peter tells his readers, we are the church is a nation of kings and priests, a, an ethnos, a group of different kinds of people. We are not ordinary people. By the grace of God, we are humble servants in a society of proud dictators. We come in the opposite spirit. We don't have to prove things. We don't have to insist on things. Do not wear Clothes that do not belong to you. Can you hear the metaphor? I'm trying to be poetic here. Do not put things on that, that are not yours to put on. Remember who God has called you to be and be that person. Number two. Uh, Josiah forgot his responsibility. He didn't just forget who he was and who he was called to be and some of us need that reminder today, he forgot all that he was responsible for. He forgot that if the king gets killed, the nation is thrust into great instability. In fact, he was 39. He could have probably ruled for potentially another 25 or maybe 35 years. He might have been just at the halfway point. And his life is cut short because of a foolish decision he made in his middle age. Are you hearing me? Those of us who are roughly speaking middle aged. You can have a great youth. You can, you can have a great twenties. You can have a okay thirties and wreck things at forty something or fifty something or sixty something and twenties and thirties. You can wreck things too. You're included in this as well. He forgot his responsibility, forgot the impact of those around him. Some of us are not as self-aware as we should be, all of us actually. We don't think about how our decisions affect other people. We don't think about how our comments can impact other people. And sometimes we get into situations where the impact on others is very significant Maybe Josiah thought that he could do this. Maybe he thought that he was able to take this guy on. Maybe he thought that because the temple was up and running, he was invincible. God was with him. And woe to us when we have a little bit of success, however you want to define that, we can become drunk on a drop of success and think that we can fly. And you know, churches do this. And Christians do this. And I think, Joseph, I wonder, it doesn't say, I'm, I'm reading between the lines, but why did he do this? He forgot the impact. Within, after he died, there were only four kings left, and I think 22 years, and Israel was not a nation anymore. Do you think if someone would have said, Josiah, if you do this, you're going to die. There's going to be four kings with short dynasties. That's going to create instability and in 20 years, there will not be a nation anymore. What a sad ending. So, what is the impact on other people? Talk to your spouse before you buy a car. <laughs> that is not a testimony. <laughs> but I know a guy who did that. <laughs> Honey, look, I bought a car. What? we we don't consider the impact of our actions on the people around us and we need to do that because when we don't do that we're being presumptuous and we are committing the very sin that the psalmist talks about and we can create big messes by small assumptions the third thing that he forgot he forgot his identity who he was who he was and who he was called to be number 2 he forgot his uh, responsibility his influence his Impact on other people, and number three, he forgot his community. Where is the prophet in this story there isn 't one he Where is the advisor in this story there isn 't one. He was the king. he had people to talk to he didn 't need to make these decisions by himself. He had professional advisors and i 've been in meetings um, in the legislature when we would sit around and all the different perspectives would come to the table and the experts would weigh in on this and the communicators would weigh in on that. And the media people would say, we, you know, let's, let's say it this way or let's look at it that way. And Josiah had an entourage of wise people, not to mention prophets, people that God would have spoken to. Jeremiah is referenced here. <coughs> I hope this one's mine. I think it is. Jeremiah is referenced here. Why did he not talk to this prophet? I have 29 minutes left. Have I gone over? Okay. I I guess that measurement's off for today, Rob. You're keeping track. We had a conversation this week. He forgot his community. We all need people in our lives we can go to and get an honest perspective. Might be your grandma, might be your auntie, might be your spouse, might be one of the pastors on staff here, but you know what? We desperately need community. We desperately need other people who are honest enough to tell us straight. We desperately need other people willing to say caution do not do this thing you could get really hurt. And we can save ourselves so much pain by asking that question. But so often we presume that we can do it by ourselves that we've got it figured out and we wind up in a pickle or we wind up In a real hot mess. Josiah. Had got so many things right. He had sought God from a young age. He had instigated and overseen a great revival. That called people back to God. And away from destructive things. He had reinstituted temple worship in Israel. Which was the hallmark of their faith. And he got killed in a war he didn't need to fight. This is a cautionary tale for us. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. And then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. I could probably leave it there. And this could be a TED talk. But I don't want to give you A moralistic foundation. I want to give you a Christ-centered foundation. Because we need a savior. Not a lesson. We need someone to change our hearts. Not someone just to tell us what to do. And then we forget it. And keep doing those same things. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. In whom there was no deceit. And he wants to come into our lives and transform us and open our eyes to when we make assumptions. And we make presumptions. I apologize to Ruth this week because I made a presumption. Uh, I was in the same building that she was in where she works and I was speaking at a, a conference that was there and i thought i'm gonna go and see ruth and i walked into her office and said hey good news it's me and she was busy and i thought andrew like you should have checked i should have called or or asked or something and it just it wasn't like nobody got hurt it wasn't the worst thing but i thought hey i just did that thing that i'm telling everyone else not to do the spirit shows us our hearts the spirit opens our eyes We're all blind to our own blind spots. Think about that for a second. If you think this is a good message for everyone else, you don't realize that you are blind to your blind spots. And I'm blind to my blind spots. And all of us need the Savior. All of us need the Holy Spirit. And so, as I land this message, I implore you to open your heart to the Spirit of Jesus. And to ask that he would keep us all back from presumptuous sins, or as the message puts it, stupid sins. That we would not forget who we are. We would be considerate to those around us and realize that our actions have great impact. And we would cultivate community, honest people, who can tell us what we need to hear because I want to run the race to the very end I do not want to get cut down ahead of schedule now it never says that that happened but I think Josiah probably had some good years left in him and I wish that he would have just not picked a fight with that Pharaoh now I know God is sovereign I know some of you Calvinists are like wait a second I still don't think he should have fought the Pharaoh. (laughs) May the Lord help us. Parents, don't pick at everything with your kids. It doesn't bear good fruit. You don't have to... Spouses, bosses, may the Lord help us. Let me pray for all of us. Lord, I just want to ask you would graciously let this settle in our hearts, Lord. That we would not be presumptuous. We would not make assumptions. But that by your grace... You would keep us back from great transgression. What a warning. What a lesson. But Lord, what a Savior. You are the Spirit who opens our eyes and give us eyes to see what we do not see. Help us to realize our impact on others. Help us to remember who you've called us to be and make us a community and give us all people around us who will be honest with us who we can talk to and get perspective we so desperately need. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.